Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to the podcast, Helcon Necrophers Cinema, the podcast that asks the question, is it still worth it going to your local multiplex or should you bin that all and just stay at home and Netflix and chill with a loved one? And now we have a special one. It might sound a little bit different, and that is because now we are actually on the Isle of Wight. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> so me, <clears throat> sorry, me, Sharon, and eventually Sean are actually all in the same place because those of you who usually listen to us will realize that we usually re record this thing remotely. And we are sitting in the cinema where I believe we actually all first met. Yes. Well, it's definitely where I first met you, Sharon. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm not sure whether it's where you met Sean, but... It was, actually, yeah, where I met Sean as well. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> Good stuff. And, but this time round, we have ourselves a little bit of an audience. Say hello. 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 Yes. So we have a couple of people who have come in and have joined us to give us their point of view on Netflix versus cinema. And also, I would like to say hello to Nina, who is a friend of mine who I introduced to the podcast last week and has since been, like, obsessed with it. She, she <laughs> she's has a been, binge listener. She, she's pretty much binge listened the whole thing. She's, binge, <laughs> she's gone through the whole back catalogue and she'll send me messages going, I'm listening to the Aquaman episode now. I'm listening to this now. And then she's like, how do you guys see so many films? <laughs> well, she's hello, like, Nina. Yo, well, hello, done. Nina. She's like, how do you guys... She has a lot of questions about you and Sean. Because she keeps asking things like, okay, how do you see so many films? Do these people have jobs? <laughs> and I've tried to sort of clue into that it's not as weird as you might think that you guys actually get to see that many films. And besides, it's just good to be enthusiastic. Yeah, and when you think about it, it's like two and a half hours probably to go to see a film at the cinema. Yep. And that's, that's doable. Saturday afternoon, one day in the week, you can see two films a week without straining yourself. Yep, well, well, well I think so anyway. But now, first of all, before we do anything, I would like to go around and say hello to our lovely audience. And um, we, in a second, are going to actually talk about, uh, we're going to talk about what the rules are and what the things are that you're going to bring, what offerings you're going to bring from Netflix and what offerings you're going to bring from the cinema. But first of all, let's just go around and say hello and tell us who you are and why you love film. Hello, I'm Zeb and I'm a film student. All right, cool. Hi, my name's Pete and I just love films. I'm Steve, I'm Pete's brother, and I love films as well. <laughs> and Dan, why come to a podcast when you don't even want to speak? Say something, say hello or something. Hello, I'm Daniel, and I know Tozen and Sharon and Sean. And also, you also used to run the <laughs> quiz. You were the quiz master for the quiz where we all first met. So in a very real way, Dan, you are the originator of this podcast. <laughs> So. You're our very own Cupid. Yes, yes. You're, 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 you're like a Nick Fury. <laughs> you That's put, more like it. Yeah, yeah, you're like a Nick Fury. You put the Avengers together, but also in a very real way. Zeb, you're the reason why this came up, because we used to do another podcast where we were just talking about film reviews, as, as it was. And you were the one who started saying, well, how about Netflix? We want to talk about stuff at home. There's people who can make it to the cinema. And the more we realized it, that's the more we started realizing that there is actually a bit of a problem or there's a bit of a, that there's a, bit of a challenge from Netflix going towards cinemas because all of a sudden there's, it's catered for a whole bunch of people who weren't usually catered for. Would you say that that is accurate? Yeah, I, th I think so, because the thing with Netflix is that it, anyone can access it, no matter what your age is, no matter what your job is, um, your disabilities, if you can't actually get out of the house, Netflix is there to provide for those people. 
and going to the cinema is expensive. So, <laughs> and I'm guessing as a student as well, it also sort of like it, it spoke to something in you. It is so expensive for when you can't get more than a couple of hours a week in working, you don't get a lot of money, and when tickets are eight pounds, it's crazy. All right, cool. Now, we're going to have to speak a bit quiet and keep that down because obviously we're filming in a cinema. For anybody who's been to the Isle of Wight, there's two cinemas on the island. One of them's a... We're not going to say the name of the cinema in case, cinema does, in case cinema does not win this week. <laughs> in case we end up sort of like saying, all right, cool, Netflix is better. We're not going to say the name of the cinema. But, um, but let's say that there's an independent one and there's a multiplex one and we're in the multiplex. Yeah. <laughs> let's put it that way. So anybody, you can figure that out. So first up, we're going to ask, what films are we going to be talking about this week? So Sharon, what have you seen? I have seen, since we last met, Captain Marvel and I have seen Fisherman's Friends. Okay. So Captain Marvel, we're going to wait until Sean gets here because we need to revisit that. Because if anybody listened to the last podcast where we spoke about Captain Marvel, um, Sean went a bit Hulk. <laughs> Sean went a little bit Hulk on Captain Marvel. And we, and we wanted to see what you thought and how you were going to be the tiebreaker because I liked it. He really, really, really didn't. I want to see, uh, you're going to be the tiebreaker to tell us, okay, well, this is what I thought about, this is, what I, this is how it came across to me. So, we, so we have Captain Marvel, we have, an, uh, you have, what, do you, what about uh, Netflix, what do you have on there? On Netflix, I have seen three, I've seen a documentary and two films, the films I have seen are Triple Frontier, mm -hmm. I had to remember the name then, <laughs> and Mudbound, yep. and I saw a documentary about Billy Graham. Okay, cool. Now... In our usual way, and I think this, this should be quite cool because I think that there's going to be quite a few people who have Triple Frontier on there. But because of the number of people that we have, this might be a bit longer one. So we're going to ask everybody to put one of each forward. Yeah. So, put, so I think because we've spoken about Captain Marvel, that's a special one. So Fisherman's Friend. Friends. And w which one are you going to pick out of Netflix? I'll probably pick Mudbound then. All right. And now what we're going to say is what we usually do on the show, for those of you who are new to it, is... Um, we have a couple of rules. The first one is, if you're going to bring a TV series from something that you've seen at home, you have to have seen the entire season of the series because we think it's, it's if not, it's like, I don't think it's fair because the story isn't over. The story, you see the first three episodes and you're like, it was amazing! And even Dan was talking about a show where he said it started off really good and then it went off towards the end. And if you judge it on the first three episodes, you think, amazing! If you judge it on the whole season, you think, no. So... First, so first rule is that you have to have the whole, if you're going to bring a TV series. Number two, if you're going to bring something from home, it has to be something you have not seen before. So you can't sort of say, oh, my favorite film is The Blues Brothers. I saw that at home this week and I had an amazing time. It's much better than the cinema. I'm like, no, it has to be something that you haven't seen before. And there's a third one that I'm forgetting about, but we'll, we'll come to it as is. It can be a Netflix original. We did say we can do yes, Netflix yes. originals. Yes, we want to go as many of those. Or Amazon Prime original yeah. or other streaming services original. Other streaming services are available. Essentially, it's essentially anything you can walk at home, watch at home. It's just that Netflix is the big bad daddy of the, of the whole thing. So, Sharon, I'm going to ask you if you can please be the scribe while I go around and get other people's choices on what, what it is that they've seen and stuff that uh, okay so Fisherman's Friends alright cool I have seen Us at the cinema I've seen Us at the cinema I've also seen What Meant Want but I'm going to I'm going to uh, if I had to pick one I'll put Us forward but if someone else has seen Us then I'll put What Meant Want forward because then someone else can talk about Us 
Think, Pete, I think you've seen us. Yeah. Okay, okay. We, we generally I've got a second, I've yeah. got a second. We, we generally go to the cinema together, me and my bro, so uh, we're cinema buds, so we generally see the same things, yep. and also obviously when we hook up at home and stuff, we, we watch something as well, so we can sort of come in as one person, so to speak, with, okay. again, Triple Frontier, because I think that's a, the big thing on Netflix at the moment, and obviously we saw Us last night as well, so it's very fresh so at the moment. So you guys Triple Frontier? Yeah. Well, the question is, do you always agree? That's, no, that's, no, absolutely yeah, that's, not. That's, that's the thing. So no. you guys, you have to come in as two different people because you do not always agree. Uh, all right, okay. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't always agree. Okay, Zeb, what have you seen? What are you bringing forward from cinema? What are you bringing forward from Netflix? Uh, cinema, I've only recently seen Fisherman's Friends. Um, and on Netflix, uh, isn't it romantic? Isn't it romantic? We spoke, about, isn't it ro we spoke about isn't it romantic a couple of weeks back. So it will be interesting to see what you think. Dan! I go, why well, just run around, Dan? Uh, I haven't really seen much, but I, again, I was saying about a short series called Dead Wax on the streaming service Shudder, okay. which I really enjoyed. It's a series of quite short uh, episodes, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting idea. All right, cool. Good stuff. Oh, so we will, we will talk about that as well. And you, um, I think, what, you know what Zeb was talking about, people who actually like Netflix and things made at home. Yeah, that kind of works for you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a carer for my wife, so I can't really get out very much. So I usually end up watching stuff on there instead of coming out. Cool. Good stuff. So what we got? What we got? So we got... That should be in that column. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so Dead Wax is at home. Sorry, we're doing this because we have like our columns and we give everything a rating out of five. And from that rating out of five, we figure out who's won. When we, get to, when we take the average and we say, okay, who's won this week, Netflix or cinema? So on Netflix, we've got Triple Frontier, we've got Dead Wax, we've got Isn't It Romantic, which Zeb's going to bring up again after, after I spoke about that the other week. And we're also, and then we're going to talk about um, yeah, Isn't It Romantic, that's it. Fisherman's Friend, Us, What Man Wants. I think that's it for the for cinema at the moment. There was nothing else. No other films that, we're not missing any films out, are we? All right, cool, good stuff. So we're gonna put Triple Frontier back as far as possible so that it gives Sean a time to actually get here and watch the thing. But before that, now, Pete, and let's talk about Us. Now, Us is a big film, and I think Us is a big film which there's something I wanted to say about us that links to another film which we're going to talk about, which is going to be Captain Marvel when we have that. But if... Pete, Steve, can you move a bit closer to this? I'll turn you guys up so that we can actually get you. Excuse the music in the background. I think you have to be a bit closer because those are your mics there at the front there. Okay, cool. Good stuff. So... Now, we're going to talk about Us. Now, this is from the filmmaker Jordan Peele, and it is the long-awaited follow-up to his movie Get Out, which won an, an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, was a big, massive, sort of cross-cultural hit. People were like, oh my god, we can't believe we can do this with a horror. And Us is the follow-up. So, what would you like to say about Us? If you just want to give like a bit of a synopsis for words about and stuff. Well, I really enjoyed Get Out, yep. and I was really looking forward to Us. And to be quite honest, I have to say I was disappointed it kind of, although know, the beginning hour was really strong. Yep. Um, the ending went a little bit too surreal for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not a big fan of films that you uh, have to look up the meaning of the ending on the, uh, <laughs> on 
the internet when you get home. Yeah. And I think this is one of those films. I think it lost track towards the end, and I personally didn't like it as much as is. For those of us who don't know anything about it, without giving spoilers, briefly, what's it about? Well, basically, it's about, I don't want to give that to you, but basically it's about a family where they've gone for vacation and then basically another family pop up and try and kill them. Okay. Doesn't sound like a very nice holiday, does it? No. And um, it does get a bit surreal in the end, but that, those scenes are quite brutal and uh, really well done. But then, as, it, as the plot line develops, for me, it goes a bit off the rails. All right, cool. That, that is interesting that you say about that because I think obviously because the first one, Get Out, Get Out had a lot to say about like you know race relations in America and all that kind of stuff. So, a lot, well, first of all, I think the, the first thing I th actually thought about Us was that I like the way it's, it sort of subverted a lot of expectations of what it was. Because I thought because, because the first one was all about race and stuff, people were expecting this to be about race, especially because he had a black family in the lead. And it just isn't about that whatsoever. And I think I agree with you that it's a kind of film where you have to go home and you have to be like, hang on a second, what did that, what did that mean? And there's a lot of subtext. And some of it is, it, I felt like in, it was more effectively done in Get Out, where, you, where I understood. And it might be because I'm a black man. that I saw Shane would go, okay, I get what he's doing there. I get what's going on here. And with us, I didn't really. And there were bits where I'm like, hang on, I feel like he's talking about something. I think I can kind of get that. But I, I'm not sure. Is it? Is it, is it? But I'm always a fan of a film that makes you think. And I think that this film definitely does that. I think that this film, it, it, like, you leave the cinema thinking, hang on a second, what was that about? I need to think about that and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, Pete, what did you think about it? For once, actually, I agree with my brother, uh, which is kind of rare. Um, for me, like I say, it started really strongly. It's a great opening scene, really tense, uh, yeah. really, really well done. And then it kind of, you know, it went a bit weird and strange, which in itself was really kind of good. But then I think we all sort of thought that it then started to kind of like explain itself. This is kind of what's going on here. This is what's happening and everything. And I actually enjoyed it when I didn't know what was happening. Where, why are these people here? Where are they from and everything? And, and I quite enjoy kind of making that up and having to like think for yourself a little bit. Whereas it's, it, it would try really hard to like explain what's going on. This is what's happening. I'm sure there's loads of little subtexts and stuff like that. There's probably some Trump thing in there somewhere, mm -hmm. um, like, like a lot of these movies these days. But... Uh, it, it just sort of fell off a cliff about sort of three quarters of the way through when it actually started to try and explain everything. It was just a bit like... Uh, Explanation okay. made no sense. Yeah, it didn't make much <laughs> sense anyway. It's just like, so why, why would anyone do this? What's the point of this? Yeah. You know, it's difficult to obviously talk about it too much without yeah, giving, without giving spoilers away spoilers. Without giving away massive spoilers. So, I mean, because I, I was a massive fan of Get Out. I thought it was great... You know, the fact that it was just like this like racial film and everything, and then all of a sudden it turned into like, bam, horror yeah. movie. It's like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Great stuff sort of thing. So, yeah. but this one, you know, it started out with the horror, and then you feel like there's probably some political message in there or something. It's like, I, I, I don't really want politics in with my <laughs> horror, you know, so... Well, but a lot of a lot of, a lot of horror is political. Oh yeah, totally. Like George yeah. Amor Romero, a lot yeah. of the stuff he did was yeah, like no, Living Dead and stuff like that. Yeah, you know. So 
So. Yeah, and, and I think that he, I think George and Peele, he's he's really big on using horror as a Trojan horse to sort of like begin in bigger things. Yeah. And I think because there is, okay, so there's no, it's no surprise to say that this one is about doppelgangers. I think you guys already said it. Yeah. That there's a family going on holiday and they find a doppel, uh, a family of doppelgangers who look exactly like them yeah. who come in and like sort of invade their home. But I feel like the film, from what, you, from what I originally thought, I think it expands out wider. I quite liked the bit where it started trying to explain this is what's going on because I felt it needed that. I felt like, okay, cool. For me, I was like, it could be weird. They could, you could make a weird film, but I would have been a bit more, um, I would have been more annoyed and a bit, a bit more like, okay, cool, yeah, so, but why is that happening? What does this mean? Yeah. All that. And, but I agree with you that the explanation that they give gives you more questions. Yeah. It gives you more questions as to the mechanics of how does this thing work. Yeah. It gives you more questions as like, okay, if that is the case, then what about that? If yeah. that is the case, then why didn't that happen? Yeah, because I thought sort of like, you know, at one point it's like a, it's, it was being sort of supernatural. And yeah. So there was a supernatural element to this. You know, they're, they're, they're doppelgangers, but where they come from, are they, you know, are they their shadows sort of thing? And the shadows have come out and, you know, and sort of want to take over and everything. And But, you know, I kind of like enjoyed sort of like thinking about the supernatural angle. Yep. And then it just became not that. <laughs> and, and, and one thing I thought about quite a bit when I went home, so I didn't really enjoy the performances. Okay. I didn't think it was very well acted, to be honest. Okay. The kids I thought were quite good in it. Yep. But I'm not a big fan of uh, Lupita Nyong'o. I, N- I Nyong'o, don't think yeah. she's a, a particularly great actress. I okay. think she's overhyped, personally. Okay. Um, very attractive lady, you know what I mean? Great eyes, great, she's got a bit of presence there and everything. I don't actually believe she's a particularly good actress, despite the Oscar, of course, you know, but there's a lot of people out there holding Oscars that aren't particularly good at what they do, to be honest with you, so, you know. They were good in that one role. Exactly, perhaps, yeah, it's that one role that kind of defines them and they they struggle to kind of catch back up to that role sort of thing, but I didn't really enjoy the performances that much, I thought they were a bit flat, I don't know, just just didn't grab me. now, the thing is, I quite enjoy the performances, especially the, the her doppelganger, especially her doppelganger, because I feel like it's just a, it's a massively physical performance that where, like, the way she moves and everything like that is just, it's quite different. And even though they look exactly alike, you, I felt you get the sense that they're totally different people. I agree with you, the kid actors are amazing. I, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of things I like about it. And I, I think it's a kind of film that the more I think about it, the more I go, okay, Okay, yeah. As an allegory, I can see that. As an allegory, I can, I can see where that goes. Because I know someone who saw Get Out, and um, not to ruin Get Out for anybody, but there's a bit where there's a bit of a twist in Get Out. If you haven't seen Get Out yet, what, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. we, we should be able to sort of talk about it, sort of where it's like two, three years down the line. You should be able to talk about it. If you haven't seen it yet, there's something wrong with it. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think it's one of these things where the, the, and the twist in Get Out is a point at which I know there was a friend of mine who got lost at that point, and he said, Pretty much what you're saying now. It was like I was enjoying it. It was going well, and then that bit was just silly. I mean, what, it was like what was up with that? I mean, that was the big thing. That was what was going on. Really, come on, what? But I looked at it and I thought, oh no, 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 no. Allegorically, that's genius because that's exactly what like you know black people in America are scared about. And I feel that I feel like it's almost kind of because this film is very much about America. It's very much about America. There's a whole bunch of things. There's a whole bunch in the, the thing about hands across America and anybody who's in this country might not even have a clue what that is unless you've watched a lot of TV shows like 
like I have, and Hands Across America shows up a lot because of something that happened in the 80s. Yeah. And I feel like there, there's some things, it's a kind of film where, and I think it's made deliberately like this, that there's things that depending on who you are, you will pick things up and you'll be like, oh my God, yes, that. And there's things that you, if you, if you don't have the background, if you don't have the experience, you just be like, well, that's stupid. What, what's that there for? But um, uh, personally, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I would give it a three out of five because I, I sort of like, oh, I remember getting back home and going, all right, I, I still don't get what that happened. If that was the case, why did that happen? What happened when that happened? What happened when she, but, but, but if she did that, that what, but, but what about the kids? <laughs> and it, it just gives me a lot of things, which I, I feel like it doesn't quite work. Yeah, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, I mean, some of the best films we've, we've seen is where we've come out and all three of us have talked about the same film completely differently. Yeah. It's like, I thought it was this. Well, I thought it was that. What are you talking about? I thought... Yeah. You know, I get the wrong end of the stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes he just like, doesn't understand anything. It's, um, it's a bit like a, a point in case, I think, Mother. I love, uh, I love Mother. I love Mother. I don't think any of us got I'm Mother. I'm a huge Darren Aronofsky fan. I think he's fantastic. I love his films yeah. and everything. I love the imagery, the, the way they're cut and shot and everything. They're fantastic. But that's the one film I actually hated. I hated that film. So I didn't like the fact that I had to go home and look up what it was about to actually get any sense of what was going on. Yeah. Because when we came out and we, we all just shrugged our shoulders and what, what the hell was that about? <laughs> and someone said, well, it's all about religion and stuff like that. And even then I'm like, okay. He looked it up beforehand. Yeah, and he actually looked it up <laughs> before we went to the cinema. No, and that, that, oh, I don't like that. Oh, okay, yeah. And we, this is not the mother podcast because you yeah. could have like a three-day yeah. podcast on our film alone. But, but I feel like there was a lot of a lot similar with us with Mother, where I thought like it's a kind of film that some people will will delve into it and they'll see a whole bunch. And I've yeah. seen like people saying this one was a five-star movie. Yeah. I don't agree. No. I don't agree. And I and there's some things that they say which I feel like you're stretching a bit too much to make the film make sense. And it's um, so I'll give it a three. What do you guys give it? I'll give it a two. Okay. I'll give it a two. I'm a bit more forgiving, I'll give it a three. Okay, cool. So we have, what does that, two threes and a two. Two threes and a two. Okay, good, good kickoff for cinema. <laughs> good, good, good kickoff for cinema. And now let's go on to a film that let's, okay, Zeb, let's have you up. Let's have you say something. We're going to have you talk, well, let's talk about Isn't It Romantic? And then we're going to follow that up with Fisherman's Friend so that you and Shara can talk about that. So Zeb, if you could move around to that bit where the microphone is. And for anybody yeah. listening to this, um, yeah. hope you're enjoying the music in the background. As we said, <laughs> we, are in a, we are in a public space because we think it's nice and thematic and all that. But so, Zeb, you saw Isn't It Romantic on Netflix, which is a film that I have also seen. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what Isn't It Romantic's about. Okay, so it stars Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Um, one of those actresses you either love or hate her. Yeah. Um, so I quite enjoy what she does. I think she's quite funny. I think she's quite she's silly. She's a big personality, isn't she? Very big personality. Um, so the film is about a woman that is starting to try and get her life together, but she's lacking a lot of confidence. She doesn't really know where she's at with things. Um, and she hates romantic films. Um, and her friend is going through all these different things about romantic comedies that you're supposed to love and she hates it um, and then all of a sudden she wakes up in a very romantic world and 
it's it's about her trying to establish what's going on and whether she really hates or whether she really loves it. And and it follows the story through of her development. Oh. Okay. So, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was very clever. I think it was very... I don't know, I think it was genius for taking the mick out of itself and allowing all of these stereotypes of the genre to come into it and mock itself so knowingly, which made the humor. Yep. Um, and it didn't particularly provide anything new. Yep. But it was funny. And as a romantic comedy, it covered it. Does it work on both levels, as a comedy and as a romantic film? Yes. Yes, I That's think it good. does. I think it does. Because sometimes a... you can get one or the other, can't you? And sometimes yes. they don't always marry well. They very rarely, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I can't really think of a proper, decent rom-com where there's an equal amount of both. But well, hey, hey, when, when Harry met Sally... Well, yeah, well, yeah. I think I think every single romantic comedy ever is always going to be trying to measure up to when Harry met Sally. Mm. <laughs> it's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But anyway, sorry, you were saying something about uh, about about isn't a romantic, yeah. Yeah. So I yeah I think I think um, it's possibly slightly bordering the comedy more than the romantic side, but at the same time, it totally is about the romance because. It's about her hate for romance. Yeah. And so as every time she hates it more, it becomes more about romance. <laughs> so it's... Well, yeah, okay, now, now, this is the film that I said, like, when it kicked off, I thought that it had quite a lot to say, and I thought it was quite a good satire of romantic comedies and all the Absolutely. tropes that everybody loves to just sort of, like, you know, rip it into it. And not to be sexist about this, but we have, like, let's see, what's this? Five men and one woman in here. So, man, can let me hear you something. Who loves romantic comedies here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. That did not go the way I thought. <laughs> yeah. I can sort of take it or leave it. This is really fun. This is great. Just fun. In general society, you yeah. get like one person that's like, yeah. I and normally, I, it's the comedy bit. I don't mind the romantic films, but it's the comedy bit. I prefer romantic dramas. So, I tend to be a bit, when I see a romantic comedy, I'm a bit like, uh oh. Okay. Is this going to be my bag? <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So we've all established we that we all... We just confounded the expectations there. Yeah, okay, so... Sorry, Tyson. No, 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 no problem. I love romantic comedies as well. I think they're films. As long as the story is good, I don't really care. So it's... So we have... So we all love romantic comedies, but we know that there's certain tropes that show up in romantic comedies oh, over and over again. And people always talk about the fact that if you're in New York... And New York always looks like lovely and wonderful, like someone put, painted a picture book of New York. And then you realize, but you, if you've been to New York, you know it's not like that. And in romantic comedies, a lot of them tend to be set in New York, but you don't get a lot, you don't get to see the real New York. And I thought it started off being really good at uh, just ripping it out of romantic comedies. I, I, did you notice the signs in the backgrounds? I did. <laughs> I did. I, I think the signs in the background are genius. Like, like the street signs have been changed to be like romantic comedy focused. Yeah. The signs on the subway have been changed to be romantic comedy focused. And I think those are genius. You see it. You think. Did I actually just see that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is one of the benefits of Netflix. You actually get to go back and go back. Oh, hang on a second. Wait. Did I? Yes, I saw. I did I, it so many times. Yeah, I did see what I thought I saw. I did read what I thought I read. And 
So I think that's really good, but I think that it lets itself down because it if it tries to have its cake and eat it, and it eventually just becomes a romantic comedy. It be, it becomes a romantic comedy and it tries to sort of fulfill the tropes of a romantic comedy while at the same time ripping it out of it. And I think you can either rip it out of it or you can fulfill it. And I think it does more a lot more of the fulfilling of the tropes than actually ripping it out. See, I think that's quite interesting because I agree, but at the same time I completely disagree. Yeah. Because yes, it totally becomes the romance story that you expect in a rom-com. Yeah. But I don't think it kind of lived to the tropes you normally get because yes it shows them and says this is what the movies say romance is about yep but then you you get this ending and actually it's not all this glory that it's cracked up to be it's not all this singing and dancing and stupidity well, it is singing and dancing it is but it so <laughs> it's literally the, the, the revelation of the film is so much more real and I think that's what's rarely offered well, you see, now, the revelation, I think, I guess you, you mean like the final revelation at the end of the film. I thought that that was a bit pat. I thought it was a bit token. I thought it was a bit kind of like, and, uh, and the, at the end of the day, all I really have to do is love myself while I've put all this stuff out there. And I thought it was a bit... Uh, it, it, okay, so anyway, we, we, we could go into this. But, <laughs> but how many stars would you give it? I would, oh, see, somewhere between three and four. Probably okay. three... A three? Um, I think there was more they could have done, but as a rom-com, I think they hit the nail on the head. Okay, cool. So three, and I gave it a three as well. Where we actually did because I'm looking at a big, a big book of obnoxious reviews, <laughs> and looking at all the all the numbers we gave films. Yeah, and I did give it a three because I I thought pretty much what you said. There is more they could have done if they really wanted to sort of go at the rom-com. There is more they could have done. And now I would like to say welcome to Sean. Hey guys, how are you? Have <laughs> hey, sure. you holding the fort? Yeah, we have been holding well, the fort. Holding the fort. We've been I'm holding the fort. We have, we have even, we've even held off on Triple Frontier just for when you're here. Imagine. I think Triple Frontier is going to be a big, massive blower at the end. But so Triple Frontier is your Netflix pick. What's mm-hmm. your cinema pick for this week? As you know, how bad is this? I haven't been to the cinema this week. <laughs> um, I've been to the gym instead. Uh-oh. You see now, you are the problem. You are the problem. Instead of going to the cinema to see fit people, you're actually trying to become one yourself. <laughs> I am, I am seriously. <laughs> that, <laughs> that seriously, just... it's, 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 um, it's just a new thing. I, uh, I went for some tests and things, you know, because obviously, as I'm becoming a bit of an old man. My MOT. My MOT, I went for my MOT, so, you know, and I just, I've, I've, I'm a little bit overweight. My BMA, what they call it, BMI. BMI. BMI, my body mass index was a little bit high, but I have lost two pounds in a week. And now I'm just eating loads of sweets because I saw Sharon. <laughs> because I haven't had nothing to eat all day. Uh, okay. So now I'm spoiling it all. Anyway, yeah, sorry, let's get on. So, uh, cinema. Let me see. What did I see at the cinema? I'm sure we saw something. Troy saw something. Miss Marvel, we spoke about. Captain Marvel. We're still going to. I still call it Miss Marvel. We're, we're going we're to call Captain it. Marvel now. And what did you give it? No, 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 no we're going to get oh, there. Sorry, we're going to get there. And okay. I like to say, I'll say, I'll say thank you to Dan, who is pretty much playing the role of our bouncer today, <laughs> because people. Okay, in the in the unnamed cineplex that we are in, in the unnamed cineplex, people keep coming over and asking us what we're doing, and we're like, oh, we're doing stuff. We have people. We have we have customers here for you and everything like that. And Dan keeps going off and just sort of chatting to them while I am pretending I do not see them. So thank you very much, Dan. <laughs> thank you very much, Dan. So, so what movies have you reviewed so far? We have reviewed yeah. um, Us. Us, yeah. Now, 
you see this film I mean uh, it was the same same director as Get Out yeah same director as Get Out yeah, I quite enjoyed Get Out but everybody absolutely everybody has told me that this is a class movie a really really top movie so it's definitely on my agenda in fact because we're a day early I'm probably gonna go and watch it tomorrow okay cool so so I can let you know next week but I've heard really really majorly majorly good things I actually watched the trailer on YouTube yeah. because it had been so good and it does look particularly good. Well, it, it, I think it depends. Oh, right, like, okay. It depends yeah, on who watched it because we watched it, we, we've reviewed that. And so myself, Pete and Steve had seen it and we gave it a combined score of 2.6. Oh, wow. So it's, um, I think, Sean, you're a, you're a big um, America file. Mm -hmm. You're a big. Mm. So I think there's things about it that you will get more than than someone who is maybe it's not as into what's going on in America as you are, for instance. Right. Okay. So because I think really it depends on who you are. It's about America. It's made for Americans. But if you're not, if you don't go into that thing, you might not. You not. You might not really get it. Yeah. There was. There was a, from the trailer. I mean, so I can't give any spoilers. There's a, there's a sort of beach scene, which is taken from an aerial view. I think a little bit where you, like see it's in the trailer but, but to me that i'm sure i've seen that in another film like in some sort of film i'm sure there's i'm sure there must be some references to other films so i thought you know like when you hear a piece of music what yeah. do you think it's like tarantino with like all his films they've all got spaghetti western or or music from films you think i know that you know whereas this i think has probably got some for me if, no, no, if, no, it, it definitely it, does it definitely does yeah it so it does. does i think yeah. i think that beach thing there's a lot of jaws in it right oh, oh right okay okay uh, the kids wearing a jaws just... t-shirt <laughs> is that what it is you know, oh right okay that's okay. a real direct reference but, yeah no but i just it just looked it from the from the from the shot above as i yeah. recognized it straight away yeah. So, oh, oh, yeah one more thing i have to say about us i forgot to say i think this film gets extra marks from me for turning the song i got five on it into a horror theme tune <laughs> there's a bit where they use it in the score and I'm like I never realized that song was creepy <laughs> never, never ever did until now never realized that was a creepy song okay cool so, so, yeah. so sorry yeah I was just gonna say with Netflix things as well I've, I've started watching about 20 different things so okay you know, you know you know the rules yeah. Sean you gotta pick I know, one I know, exactly. <laughs> you know well, the... we know the one that we're gonna talk about later but it's just quite funny that I've sort of think mm, I've seen someone I'm probably not gonna finish watching so. <laughs> yeah. all right cool now we are gonna go into Fisherman's Friends and now this is something that Zeb and Sharon have seen so Zeb Sh Sharon you haven't said much okay so do you want to fire off and tell us what Fisherman's Friends all about well Fisherman's Friends is a film about Port Isaac's Fisherman's Friends. Those of you who like me are a bit folkies, they are a folk band that sort of more or less came out of nowhere and became something of a phenomena about 10 years ago, where they were, you know, allegedly discovered in Cornwall, Port Isaac, singing on the quayside. And basically, they've been doing this for 15 years before this, and they raise money for local charities. And they they're basically a group of people who live in Port Isaac. There's a group of there. Some of them are fishermen. Some of them are local craftsmen, some of them are just a solicitor. There's all sorts of people from all sorts of work in life, but they come together and they sing primarily sea shanties. Okay. In a, you know, songs that go back three, four hundred years and yeah. are part of that Cornish traditional male voice singing. And the, the, as the film goes, is that these men are singing on the quayside one day and these London record executives come along, see them and go, 
that's the next big thing. I want, and they step one of the challenge. I want you to sign them. Yeah. And if you can sign them, then wonderful things will happen to you. Yeah. And then the story, I think it's partly fictionalised and partly on the base on truth. And so that adds an element of romance in there. That adds an element of like tension in there. And uh, there's a bad guy in it. And I think I don't. I didn't believe a lot of that was like being strictly true but you do get to hear them sing you do get to see them perform and they're full of character and a joy for living that is expressed through these old old songs and I just love the songs anyway so yes it's a film allegedly about how the Port Isaacs Fishman's Friends got their record deal and they as a spoiler they, but they did get a record deal in the end and they made a record that sold Okay, so Zeb, Zeb, as the only other person in the room who's seen this film, what did you think? Okay, so before I watched it, I knew absolutely nothing about it. So my great-aunt had been to the cinema um, and said, you've got to go see it, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, you're not allowed to watch the trailer, just go. So I had no idea what to expect, so it could only go up. <laughs> um, I loved it. Yay. For an island audience, I thought it was amazing. Um, it, it just had the right humour. You, you often go into things, and it was such a comedy. Yeah, it was very Such funny. a comedy. And they do mention the Isle of Wight as well. Yes, that got And in my screening, everyone cheered. Yes. Went, Yay! Yes. And, it's, and I think that's it. It just it brings this community in yes. this film. And it, there's laughs every two minutes. And there's the moments of sadness, and like Sharon says, the romance. And, and it all comes in. And Again, there's bits where you think, okay, yeah, this probably didn't happen, or this was a bit different. But at the end, they show the pictures of all of them and say, what And there's happened. a great scene, I thought was a great scene anyway, where they have a pub quiz, and in the background, you see the real fisherman's friends. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I went to see it with my brother, actually. And I kept nudging him and said, there's the real fisherman's friend! Because I've got the CD, and I sort of watched the various... I'm a bit of a fan of any folk music, anyway. Yeah. But I did spot a few of the fisherman's friends in the background of other scenes, and I was just like, he's a fisherman's friend. So, <laughs> so I did a bit of, you know, fisherman's friend spotting during the film. Well, was sort of just sort of fangirling, going, oh my god! Yeah, I remember he's one of those fisherman's friends. Everybody else is just trying to listen to the dialogue, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, it's him! Yeah. He was the lead singer in, you you're know, like, Fall Away Joe. You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like a train spotter. Is there, any, is there any that you like, as in, like, the rock type, like, or not? No. No. All right. Okay. Dave. Uh, all right. I don't know. I don't know because I don't know enough about her. They, 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 no. There's no. one young one, but he's yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's just a young one. Is he? Right. Okay. Oh, so so it sounds like. But it's it's, I really liked it as well. It sounds like it's pretty good all round. Yeah. It's just if it's a feel good thing, you came it's away such thinking that it was a lot of fun. No, because, enjoyed it. because I was worried about this. I thought that this could go bad. I thought that it could be it could be the kind of film where you kind of go, Ugh, they're trying to pull the full Monty off again, but everyone's yeah. keeping their clothes on. I think it drew the fine line between um, on honouring them in some ways. That's a bit of a pompous term, and completely taking the mic. Yeah. And I think you could you could so easily fall into caricature by using the Cornish accent and the whole directly thing. I think you could so easily turn into. Um, Something was not kind. You could be easily sort of, you know, rip completely the Fishman's Friends apart because it's ripe for that. But I yeah. think they, they approached it in such a sort of innocent, um, friendly way that you just embraced 
this, the joy they had with singing and they just wanted they were they're cynical about you know they don't want to be taken to London and like mocked as, yeah. as yokels yeah and so I think they steered that line between not mocking them themselves because it was so easy thing it would you could fall into that so oh look at these lovely yokel rural people bless them but they didn't fall into that I thought it was great film. Yeah, I, I, I think much of it is quite accurate about the Cornish community um, and they, the way they all are, the way they're together and they support yeah. the local businesses and the local people and they're, they're all about helping each other. <laughs> oh, are you just having like a sort of a coastliners solidarity? Yeah, thing? yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what made you what made you choose this movie to watch then? So. Well, I I was just told to go and see it. Oh right, um, okay. And I I sometimes do as I'm told. So. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> normally you don't. But yeah, obviously on this no, occasion. I did. My great aunt had come home and she was oh, so right. happy yeah. about it. She was so excited right. about it. She said, "You've got to go and see it." And and it's so rare for someone now to actually say that and find a film that I, good. Actually, it's really nice when you get those feel-good yeah. films, really. Yeah. It's because, I mean, I never saw Sunshine on Leaf. Oh, I love that. Ooh, see that. I've I never seen it. Never film. seen it. I don't know about any of the other guests. No, I've not seen, seen, no. seen it. No. It's the music of the proclaimers. Yeah, I love it. Shows us that blokes of a certain age probably wouldn't. I was kind of like, I was like, oh, musical? Cool. Edinburgh? Cool. That's the Fletcher? I'm there. Does <laughs> Fighting With My Family count as, as a feel-good film? Or, yeah, probably. That's a totally I mean, feel-good film, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody, that's, that's, that's been so positive about... Yeah, so that's a feel-good film. Well, that's all right. So we have seen some feel-good films, fellas. All right, cool. And so, Sharon and Zeb, what would you give Fisherman's Friends? I would give it a four. See, for me, this is a straight-up five. Yay! <laughs> Zeb, oh, yeah, you old romantic, <laughs> you coming in, giving like a... I would like qualify a... my four by saying the only thing that sort of slightly lowered my score was I just thought half it was made up. I thought, I don't really believe this was That's a true fair story. I, th I thought some of it was probably embellished for the purposes of the film. I think I, I accepted it because they never directly said, this is exactly what happened. No, and so you can kind of accept that they used dramatic plots. Yeah, and it's good to see James Purfoy in it singing. Yes, <laughs> James Purfoy, catnip for people of a certain age. A certain age. Ladies of a certain age. <laughs> oh, we remember so his Mark Anthony. Ladies who lunch. lunch. <laughs> I never hear ladies. I always think okay, of ladies so, who lunch. Guys, the rest of us in the room, what do you reckon from that? Do you reckon you're going to go check out Fisherman's Friends? Don't know. It's my <laughs> cup of tea, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a possibility with me, but I mean, there's so much out there that it wouldn't be like way up there on the agenda, although I feel that I should have done something this week because I've been, I've been pretty poor when it comes to... But there hasn't, for me, there hasn't really been a lot out. You, no. you see, you know, the, the thing with me is that ever since we started doing this podcast, there's a fun that we used to just do cinema and now we yeah. do cinema and Netflix, so it's sort of like... God knows how many times it's multiplied what we have to watch. Yeah. So if you guys see something, I feel like yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so unless it's something really, really big, I just don't go with that. Okay, now I know Dan, Dan, a bodyguard, Dan, uh, a bouncer. Dan, you have to head off at some time. You see, I know because we have a lot of people who are actually here at the cinema to go see a preview screen of what we're we going to see. Shazam! Shazam! That's a film in the DCEU that I'm actually looking forward to. Which um, I'm kind of glad that they've seemed to have abandoned the extended universe thing, and that you guys are going, you know what? 
Let's just make good films, which is something that they should have done from the beginning. Uh, we yeah. don't know if it's good yet, do we? Not yet. On the tra- yeah. I mean, I've got a feeling it might be because the trailer looks absolutely yeah. pants. On the other hand, I actually quite like the trailers. Like, I mean, almost yeah. every DC, every, almost every DC movie that's been released so far, apart from maybe the exception of Man of Steel, I thought that the trailer was a pretty good representation of what you were going to get. So I remember seeing the trailer for Batman vs Superman and thinking. Oh my god, that's going to be bad. Especially as every single trailer was released, they just gave more and more and more of the story away. And then I remember this point, I looked at it and went, What? Doomsday's in this film? Oh, this is going to be rubbish. And I was right. And the same thing with Justice League. I saw that and I thought, Oh, for goodness sake. Wonder Woman, I was like, I'm hopeful. And Shazam, I'm looking at that going, I'm hopeful. And isn't that funny? Because I'm the total opposite. I thought, I thought the, I thought the trailers for Justice League and I thought the trailer for Batman Superman had got me really, really excited for the movie. And it was a total, total bust. Miss Marvel, Miss Captain Marvel. I saw the trailer. and I thought this looks really, really good. Total, total letdown. So, so I'm thinking that the trailer for Shazam is pretty awful. So it's probably going to be a good movie. Trailer was a lot fun. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't do it. See, I don't. You, you know me. Come on, you know me, guys. You know my feelings. It depends on how much fun it is. Yeah. Is it just going to be like a straight up sort of comic like superhero? Green Lantern, or is it, I They're going to pull it back a little bit. I think it's just going to be about if they get like a good mix between like the action, uh, the seriousness, and the uh, comedy yeah. as well. Uh, so. I, 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 mean, I feel like, I feel like we need to bring you guys back next week. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it would be good actually because I mean I might, might have to, I might have to check out this this show and then I, I did get a ticket just on the off chance. So. <laughs> I might, but no, for me, for me, Toes, it's the totally opposite. The trailers. I mean, when I saw Batman Superman trailer, yeah, I, I really, really liked liked it. I thought that looked pretty good. And but then the film itself just yeah. failed. Yeah. See, oh, we got a few people that agree with me. No, yeah, didn't like that too. I no. love Man of Steel. I yeah, Man of Steel. See, I love Man of Steel. Was great. Man of Steel was probably one of the most excited I've ever yeah. been at the trailer Definitely. before the Avengers trailer started coming yeah. out. And the film, I love the first half of Man of Steel. I think the first half is brilliant. Then once Zord shows up on Earth, it it just gets worse because it just becomes a punching match of who can punch the hardest. And forget about collateral damage. I'm Superman. I don't care what rule on the ground. I'm just going to destroy everything. And you know he killed a whole bunch of people in that film. But, but, but... that's, this is this is that's good. We like these these. This is when the debates get. Thin. What about you coming in, Sharon? There as, as, as a neutral. As a neutral. Uh, oh, I assume. Yeah. Yes, as a non-combatant. Non-combatant. <laughs> <laughs> good call. Good call. Yes, I, I'm, a, I'm slightly indifferent, indifferent. to Shazam. Yeah. I have to say, I've seen the trailer and I thought, yeah, it looks fun, but I, I could happily let it pass me by. And I must admit, there's certain, there's a certain sort of level of films where I think. It has to be really good if I'm going to go to see it, mm. and I have to be like, I'm quite enthused about some of the the next Avengers film, Infinity War. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, that looks good. It's not called Infinity War. Endgame. Endgame. Would you only go and see it then if someone said it's really good? Go and see it. Probably. Yeah. Um, and I, I, again, I see. I tend to see the more the Marvel films because I know they've got a proven track record of being consistently good. Whereas with the DC universe, they tend to be a bit more patchy. So I tend to be much more hesitant. And so, yeah. like, till someone says to me, they like tested the waters. Actually, they put they dipped their toe in. 
I don't tend to plunge in myself until I'm almost sure that it's going to be good. Or, or, so I tend to be, Shazam, I'm like, you know, yeah, whatever. I'll and then I'll wait and see. I don't want to really push you over the edge. If it, were, if it was made animated, if they made <laughs> Okay, for those who don't know, Sharon has an aversion to animation. It borders, it's, it's actually quite a psychological thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see it and I just go, Ugh. All right. Why? Okay, cool. But anyway, the, the reason why we go to that superhero thing is because we're talking about people who need to leave here early and we've wasted even more time talking about stuff. So, Dan, before you have to head off, you, you, you said that you saw something on Shudder, which is the horror movie streaming site. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so we don't just talk about Netflix here, we talk about things you can see at home without having to go to the cinema. It's called, it's called Dead Wax. It's a, um, it's a short, as I said. The episodes are something between like 10 and 15 minutes long each one. Yeah. It's about a record collector trying to find this record that everyone has said exists and whoever's listened to it has either gone mad or died from it. Yeah. It's, and keeping with the rules, you have seen the yeah. entire season. I've seen the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. I watched it in about a day because it's all short episodes. So. Okay. Uh, it started off well. I found it very, very atmospheric, but towards the end, it tapered. Um, I was listening to you talking about the film Us and how you didn't like how there was no explanation. Yeah. Whereas I, I'm totally the opposite. I enjoy it if there's no no uh, explanation because it adds to the mysteriousness of it, if that's what work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it is. Oh, thank you very much. President makes a couple things. And they began to explain it. And once you start explaining something, I think it takes away some of the mystery of yeah. what you're watching. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but there was a, a YouTuber who said once you put a human face on a horror, it's no longer horrific. It's just it's just something else that's happening. Yeah. So yeah. once the explanation starts kicking in, it loses. Cause there's a lot of atmosphere built up in the yeah. first few episodes, and then you get the explanation. And you're like, the explanation is a bit dull. Yeah. Dumb. No, I might. It could have been. So much could more. Have been no, could have, I would have been, um, um, enjoyed it more if they never found out why it was doing what it was doing. Oh, was, was it you find that it's a, it's apparently it's some sort of sound that is created. That, uh, what is this a spoiler? Oh, oh no, <laughs> no, you hear, you do actually hear about it in the first couple of episodes. Okay, sounds and good. It's um, it's a good concept. I know it has been done for different things. Uh, obviously, the main inspiration was the King in Yellow, a series of short stories from the late 19th century. And I know John Carpenter. Did John a Carpenter, yeah. Episode just, of just going to bring it. called um, Cigarette Burns. If anyone wants to see that, that's like now. Have you seen it? Yep. It's class. And, uh, and it's, got, it's got Norman Reedus in. From I, the haven't, I haven't seen this. Believe it uh, or not. I haven't seen that. Oh, I know all about it. And who don't care? So it's I don't know I I don't like I don't like explanations because they take away the mystery and the uh, yeah because if you want it to be supernatural you want it to be genuinely supernatural you don't want a mundane uh, explanation well, it doesn't even have to be supernatural this or can, other can something be, of other can be so, as I said this is just a sound a, a frequency almost. and because uh, I'm not actually giving away because you hear about that 
but the whole reason of what what they're doing and everything and this mysterious person who's doing this thing is yeah. just a bit boring. You just like it weird. I like it weird. Weird is good. <laughs> weird is good. Well, I can do weird. Okay. I can quite easily do weird. So, okay. That was my. That was the thing I I, uh, I watched. And how many how many stars would you give it out of five? I'll give it generous and give it three. Ooh. Because of the beginning, the beginning few episodes really managed to start off something that it didn't live up to but the first couple of episodes I did enjoy uh, that's like me and the first hour of Man of Steel nah <laughs> but alright cool so thank, thank you. you very much no, thank you very much Dan thank you for Dan. listening to me on, uh, for my waffling there thank you. no 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 that was awesome man. that let, was good I'll let you professionals get back on me no no we do <laughs> professionals <laughs> professionals <laughs> <laughs> you silver tongue Lothario <laughs> silver tongue so <laughs> All right, cool. And now we're going to get onto probably what is the biggest film this week because this is the one that has the most people in the film who have seen, at least, I think between us, we have four and a half, four and a half viewings of this film. <laughs> so, and this is Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier. Who would like, yeah, who would like to go, who would like to fire away and tell us what this film's about? Well, you've been egging us all to watch this, Sean. I have you? been egging you all to watch it. Okay. Well, you know me, some, if someone wants to explain the plot of the whole thing, then I, I'll tell you what I've what I, really really like or dislike about this movie yeah, yeah I yeah. mean I don't know if you guys can guess already <laughs> do you want me to do a brief summary yeah you brief summary because you're fantastic um, at summary it's basically a heist movie a group of ex special forces soldiers who used to be in a combat team together are all retired and to, to varying degrees of success in their further careers beyond the military yep and one of them proposes a sting against a major drug lord in South America and so this group of men um, get together to execute this heist. Okay. And then things progress. Progress. All right. Okay. And so is there anything, Steve, Pete, anything you want to add about that? Because you guys have seen this film. Yeah. I mean, we both watched it together and um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I think it's a brilliant film and I felt it could have been. Um, but I think the fact is that it was the, the money side of things. Yeah. Uh, and when you throw money into situations, people start doing weird things. People start being selfish. The, the, the age-old green-eyed monster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of like a Sam Raimi classic, A Simple Plan. Oh, where, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, it's like, well, I would have done this. I would have done it. Why didn't he do that? And we had those same conversations after we watched this. So well, I'd need to talk to you after yeah. this then because... I mean, I, I sort of echo a lot of the things you say, but what I really, really liked about this was, yeah. you know, you know that, that snafu, you've heard of snafu situation. Yeah, snafu yeah, situation. Yeah. Snafu situation. And to me, I thought, yeah, at last, someone's made a film where they don't get away with doing stuff, where they can't do stuff, where stuff goes, you know... It was, and, it was like, uh, like some stuff goes wrong and they actually have to deal with was, the And I can say, yes, I can understand why that happened. Yes, that would happen. Yes, that would happen. Yes, that would happen. Because normally you get in films where, well, that wouldn't happen. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's stupid. There's right. no way... There's uh, no uh, way sure, sure, your, your, your hatred of things like that is legendary. Legendary, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but in legendary. this, I have to say, so I'd like to know what your issues are because I really didn't have any. And I'd love to hear what okay. Sharon thought. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, Just, sorry, Steve. Yeah. Steve? I thought it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's a solid movie. Production values, superb. You, if you went to cinema to see this, you'd be quite happy. Um, like my brother said, I thought it could have been stronger action-wise. 
Um, but I think nevertheless, it's just very, very good action movie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of elements to like. It's a stellar cast. We haven't mentioned who's in it, but yes, it is like yes. a, a who's who in there of like action stars. So you've got Ben Affleck at the top there. You've yep. got Charlie Hunnam. You've got Oscar Isaac. You've got Garrett Hedlund and Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. As the sort of former special forces people. And they all Well known to fans of Game of Thrones. Yes, he was um, <laughs> Oberyn Tyrell, wasn't he? Yeah, Oberyn Tyrell, yeah. Yes, you came to a bit of a like yes. yeah. 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 One of the best deaths yeah. on Game of Thrones <laughs> by a long way. Spoiler! You will never forget his death in Game of Thrones. But actually, to be honest, you're saying that somebody dies on Game of Thrones, it's like saying people breathe air. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so it's going to happen. So I think they all brought something to their, each of their roles. You know, you could see that they each had a different part to play. Yeah. And there's different strengths to bear. Mm. So I thought, yeah, no, sure. I thought it was very well crafted. Yeah. Um, film uh, and again you don't often you tend to see these things like the oceans type films where yeah. you're relying upon everyone else to be really stupid in order for your plan to work yeah and in this case you know people were that like the scotch cards were doing yeah, their yeah. job yeah. <laughs> and so everything isn't going to fall into place because you know everyone else who's involved doesn't want you to do this thing yeah <laughs> and so i thought it was quite and again you know you can throw money at someone you can do it like there's an atrocity that's committed in in this film you can throw money at it, but that's not going to calm these these feelings, and there's a consequence to that as well. And it's good to see that it consequence. Is. And like they, they, even at the most unskilled hands, yeah. they can outdo uh, outwit the most skilled combatant just yeah. by a fluke. That's exactly, um, exactly you know, right. So yeah. there were some good elements to yeah, it. Yeah, that yeah. It wasn't relying upon everyone to be really stupid in mm. order for them to, to achieve, achieve their goal. That's it. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that things don't go according to plan makes it a little more interesting film. And, and, and normally I'm not so a I thought big, it was a good film. I'm not a big Batfleck fan, but I, I thought <laughs> This isn't okay. Batfleck, this is just No, Batfleck, I know, right? I know, I know. He's left I just, call him that. I just call him that anyway. We're allowed to like him yes. again, all right? <laughs> all right, okay, cool. <laughs> the internet has said it's okay to like Ben Affleck right, again. Right, okay, that's cool. Well, from, from this film, I would, yes. No, I, I consciously avoided this film because he's in it. <laughs> like, I saw, I started watching the trailer, and I thought, yeah, this looks good, this, this looks... Quite cool. I saw Ben Affleck, and I can, I can, I but, but it's not Ben Affleck's film. Like you yeah, said, there's, there's, yeah, there's yeah, a group of five guys in it. They all play their part. They all have their own screen time. They got great characters and everything. So it's not his film. So yeah. he's part of that group. So don't don't judge it just because Ben Affleck's in. Because Ben Affleck can be great. He can be really good, but he can be awful. (laughs) And he's an awful man. See, see, there are certain certain actors that I love and certain actors I don't like. Not sitting on the fence. If you're listening, we're really sorry. Not sitting on the fence. I am not sorry. No, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't apologise. Because there are actors that totally, totally put me off films. And yet I have seen certain actors. I mean, an actor I really, really loathe is Owen Wilson. And yet, but I've seen him in a couple of good films. I really liked him in what's what's the film where he's in that foreign country and has to save. That that he was good in. That. He's from what? Uh, oh, Owen Wilson. Oh no, uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Yeah, he's pretty good in that. No, the one. With the, yeah, yeah, there's a couple. No, no, no. Well, he's 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 behind enemy lines and he has to be saved. Behind saved, enemy yeah, lines. yeah. There's yeah. that one, and also there's a disaster one, isn't there? That he's in. Is it? There's there's a, a, he's got to save his. Yeah, yeah. He saves his family as well. 
Oh, yes, right. in Thailand, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, in Thailand. Oh, yeah. no escape. Escape. Yeah. No, no escape, escape. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool. So, But the rest of the stuff, I, I'm really, really not a big fan of him. And the guy who's in that Aftermath film, the one and played John Jason Connor. Clark. And, yeah, oh, Jason, Jason Clark. Clark. I yeah. think sometimes, right sometimes the they're really good at being a certain character. Like Ben Affleck, I think he's always really good when he's a bit of a dick. Bit, <laughs> bit of an a-hole. So there's that one with... Samuel Jackson, where they have the accident on lanes. the motorway, changing lanes. Yeah, he's great in that because he comes across as a scumbag. When you kind of get the feeling he might actually be one in real life. Yeah, exactly. But when he's trying to be all chummy and rom-commy, he's not so great. But well, it yeah, feels well, well, forced. Yeah, where he, where he tries to where he tries to switch the charm on. Feels where, a bit forced. Yeah, but when he's in the Kevin Smith movies, where he's a bit, where he's like a smarmy. So he yeah. does smarmy good. He tries yeah. to do charm. He do, uh, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But I think that they actually make a very clever decision because I said that we have we have four and a half views of this film. I am the half. Right, I have okay. seen half of this film, <laughs> which is uh, which is, I was speaking to somebody earlier about the podcast, and when I said Netflix cinema, he was like, "Oh, Netflix, Netflix," because you can watch it in your underwear, you can go to the loo, you can pause it halfway through, and that's exactly what I've done. I paused it halfway through to go to go back and finish it. I'm going to get on a ferry after this podcast, and I'm going to be watching the rest of it on the ferry. And he's the first name that comes up, Ben Affleck. But he's not the first person you see. Like you actually go deep into the story before he shows up. So as you said, it isn't it isn't his no. film. Now I am the kind of person on the podcast. I'm the one who is like interested in what goes on behind the scenes and how these films get made. And this is a film that was originally it's been knocking around Hollywood for ages. And it was going to be made by Catherine Bigelow, who made The Hurt Locker. It was and on the it was, blacklist, wasn't it? It's on the blacklist yeah. of scripts and everything. So for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, for quite a long time. Yeah. It was written by Mac Ball, who also wrote The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. And you can see, and it's directed by J.C. Chandor, who is quite an interesting filmmaker. Yeah, I think it's great. Who I don't think has made two films that are similar, mm-hmm. whatsoever. I mean, all he, is lost. He did all is lost. Film. Margin Call, yeah. a most violent year, and they're all brilliant in their in like in different most, genres. Most violent year, I love that movie. Yeah. it's one of it's one it's way up there. Yeah, and you wouldn't be able to watch one. I, I don't think you can watch two of his films and say this was the same director. And I think this is him playing in that sort of like gritty action realistic because I, I can imagine that if this was made by Catherine Bigelow it would have been a lot less Hollywood a lot more gritty a lot more a lot more realistic and I and I can see the two things and the the bit I've gone to the up in the film it started going a little bit treasure of the Sierra Madra where you can see that like you said the whole thing about the money and the effect of money and it's like you know that sort of gold fever it started going a little bit like that and I'm like okay cool that's interesting it's an interesting wrinkle on what could have been a by-the-numbers 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger Men on a Mission movie. <laughs> so, but anyway, how many stars would we all give it? Uh, uh, first of all, has everybody said all they want to say about Triple Frontier? Anything yeah, else left? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, no, Sharon hasn't said that much. Oh, yeah, you did say a lot, didn't you? Yeah, you said a bit. <laughs> okay, cool. So, how many stars would we give Triple Frontier? This is going to be a big one. Come on. I'm going to give it four stars. Okay. I give it four as well. I think it was really solid. Okay, four. I'm going to give it a four star. I don't think I can quite give it a five, but I'll give it a four star as well. I'd probably be um, slightly more modest. I'd give it a three. I think it was solid. It was good, but it to me it didn't sort of lift itself beyond being good. I enjoyed it, but that was it for me. So I will give it a three. Okay, cool. And that is okay. Four people. Good, good stuff. All right. Now, um, at this point, I think we can for. Yeah, so 
get people who need to head off to Shazam. I don't think that's going on for another while. Eight o'clock. Okay, cool. Fine. Cool. We're so good. we're good. So now we're going to talk about two films that only one of us in the room has seen. <laughs> and I am going to go. Uh, so in the cinema, I've also seen What Men Want. Yes, What Men Want, which is kind of like a remake, a sort of gender swap thing for the Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want. Now, um, <laughs> okay, oh, <laughs> sorry. I think this film had, first off, I'm going to say it has, it has one of the, well, it has one of the one-liners of a film that actually had me laughing out loud at the cinema. I thought it was brilliant. And it, there's a bit in the film where somebody says, I thought black people stopped drinking tea after Get Out. <laughs> and, and that just made me like, get out showing up again. I just made me laugh out loud. But this that's Taraji P. Henson. And if you've seen What Women Want, you know the basic premise. Somebody, who, somebody who's quite high flying, has a big job, and thinks, oh my God, uh, she's been told over and over again, you don't get men, which is why you don't get the promotion. You don't get men, which is why. And, but there's this whole thing about she works in a sports agency and it's like a boys' club. She hits her head, and then all of a sudden she can hear men's thoughts. And I think. Sometimes you see films when they try and gender swap them and you think, why are you doing that? And this is one I actually think makes a lot of sense to gender swap, to sort of switch it around the other way because someone points out like in the first film, Mel Gibson, he doesn't, he doesn't get like, you know, uh, he doesn't get a, a thing and he's quite an entitled person and he's kind of going, oh, why, why didn't I get that? And he sort of starts being an idiot about it. But with her, the whole, the whole fact that she's a woman working in, a, in an industry that is usually sort of like male dominated and you get the feeling from the early on in the film that she has worked and worked and worked and worked, but she's been passed over and passed over and passed over purely because she's a woman. And then she gets this upper hand where she can actually hear what men think and all that. Uh, besides that, it's pretty much by the numbers. It's pretty much by the numbers, but I think that there's some things that it's quite interesting that it says about gender politics, about pay gap, about what it's like for a woman to try and get ahead in a man's world. And Tara G.P. Henson is brilliant in it. I think it's brilliant. There is a... There is a I'm not sure whether it's an unrealistic sex scene or a very realistic one. It's like it's like you know it's it's like a sort of like a bad sex scene kind of thing. But I I think it's unrealistic if you're used to Hollywood sex scenes. But I think that there might be some people who are watching who are going to be like, yeah, that's happened to me. <laughs> so, but it's like, uh, but it's quite funny because of how she what she has to do to try and get ahead. It's no, um, it is no. It's no surprise or no spoiler to know that at the end of the film she learns a valuable lesson as to how she should go on in her life and where she might have been going wrong and all that kind of stuff. But it's quite good. I would give it a three out of five. Cool. So, on that on that glowing recommendation, anybody want to go watch that? You do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen? Have you seen? What, I saw. What, what I, women want. Yeah, I saw what women want and absolutely love it. Whenever it's on telly, get on record. Yeah. yeah. Love it. It's, it's, I think it's so I've, I've actually seen, I've actually seen it. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's some bits in it that I think, yeah, that could have been a bit better. That's a kind of slightly weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Message, like, you know, trying overall, on things and stuff. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. And, and when I first saw that, that this one was going to come out, I thought this is either going to go really well. Yeah. And it's going to be hilarious. And yeah. they're going to say all the right things. Or it's going to be awful, and they should never make films again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take away the filmmaking card. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm still intrigued to go see this one. It's, this was kind of the, one of the few this month. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would recommend it. I would totally recommend it. And quickly, okay, so we're going to do one more. Okay, first. I, I don't know. Have you, did you, did, have you done Cap? 
We have to, no, we have to, we're, 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 we're saving that till the end. We're saving the big, massive, like, you know, this is going to be like, you know, you know when you have like a fight night and you have the you have the main event. Captain Marvel is going to be the main, is going to be the main boxing event right at the end. But um, before we do that, have, so Pete, Steve, have you guys seen Captain Marvel? Yes. Have you seen Captain Marvel? Okay, cool. You haven't seen Captain Marvel, Dad. So Zab and Dad was, but look, this is going to be yeah. interesting. <laughs> but okay, quickly before we get there, because I can see, oh, okay. I can see Sean. Sean is like, <laughs> I, I Sean is like excited. shadow boxing in the corner. It's I've had the <laughs> Sean is, he's getting, really he's getting like his hands all taped up, getting his boxing gloves up. He's getting like getting a sweat on. So before we go, that Sharon, can you just tell us a little bit about Mudbound, which you Mud saw Dad. on Netflix this week? It's a Netflix film. Yes, it's uh, set begins off in the 1930s, and it's set in the Mississippi Delta. And it's primarily about two families, a white family mm -hmm. and a black family. And they both are their neighbors on this piece of land. One of them, the white family own the land and the black family are tenants. And their, their dream is to one day buy their own piece of land. Yes. Because it's all about, you know, if you own land, you're somebody. If you own land, then you are, no one can take you off it. No one can dispossess, no one can tell you what to do. Yeah. Whereas when you're a tenant, you're still very much at the mercy of the sharecroppers as it were since the Civil War. So this is, you know, 90 years after the end of the Civil War and yet very little has changed for many of the, uh, the sort of black families who, who live in the, in the Delta. And then the Second World War happens and the young son of the white family and the young son of the black family both go to war mm -hmm. and they see a different world. They see a world beyond the Delta, beyond the roles that they've been born into. And the white soldier becomes a pilot and flies bombers, and the black son becomes a tank crew. He, he's on the front line. He's fighting. He's, you know, in the the the, the, the foreground. He's right on the fighting line, and he's being met, but with open arms. He's welcomed as a hero, as a war hero, as a as a liberator across Europe. And he has a relationship with a a German woman, who sees him as this, you know. Of this wonderful fighting man who's really set them free from bondage of Nazism. And so when the war ends, both these men have to go home. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, they, they've proved themselves in war, they've proved themselves through combat and in different relationships. And yet when they go home, nothing has changed. Okay. The, the black son, he's expected to go out the back door. He's not, he's not allowed to sit, you know, on the front of the bus. He's expected to be to fall in and just become manual labour again. And the white son, he's a, they automatically assume he's going to take over the farm, he's going to do what his dad wants him to do. So they have these roles, and yet they both want to break out of these roles. And then the, you get the sort of conflict, and that's when you get the tension coming in. So it's very much a film about how this one event basically sort of changes their whole outlook and their whole world. But they're in a world that hasn't changed in itself. Alright, cool, good stuff. And now this is a film that sort of started off the whole Netflix with a cinema theme because it was up for Oscars last because it has Mary J. Blige in it. People were talking about her for Best yes. Supporting Actress at the Oscar, uh, Oscars and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite, it was one of Netflix's first, we're going to take a prestige yeah. theme and we're going to say somebody in the cinema didn't choose not to make this. So we're just going to take a whole bunch of money and make it. Yeah. So what do you think? Worth it? Absolutely, I thought it was very well crafted. It makes you see a familiar story. I mean, we're so familiar with films about racism in America, aren't we? Yeah. Especially about the Deep South. And yet it manages to sort of put a different 
take on it. The fact that these these are men returning from war who have proved themselves in com through combat, you know, that sort of def you know, refining fire, and yet the world around them hasn't changed at all. And so you don't, we haven't really seen that. Yeah. And and how he does come up against the clan, and how people are just don't refuse, absolutely refuse to see him as anything other than you know this sharecropper's son. So I thought it was, I thought it was very well done, very well acted. It's got Jason Clark in it, and for once I didn't want to. Okay, you just put Sean <laughs> right off this film. It was all going well until you yeah, said Jason but Clark. But it's got Kerry Mulligan in it, and it's got Garrett Headland and Mary J. Bly, and it's yes, it's a really good, work, very well done. It made you think about a subject that we're familiar with, even though it's alien to us because this is not our history. Yeah. But yeah, I felt really that it was a really good classic, um, classy piece of filmmaking. Yeah, that's one of those ones that's on my watch list, but but it might sound terrible to say, but there's a little bit of me that's had, I've, I've kind of had it with films about racism. Yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel like I need a bit of a break. Yeah. I, I feel, I, feel I, need, I need a bit of a break before I can dive back in. I mean, there's a film at the moment on Netflix called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Yes, I which looks, seen that yet. <laughs> which looks like it should be right up my alley because yeah. it's all about, it's a, it's a good story about something that happens in Africa. And God knows we need more of those in cinema. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm just kind of like, I don't think I quite have it in me to watch that. But I do really, really like the fact that this film exists. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, did, it did put me off again because I thought it's another film about, you know, racism in America and how badly these these people were treated for, yeah. for generations after a civil war that was supposed to change everything. Yeah. And in, in many ways, it changed nothing. And so you, you think, do we need another film about how awful people were treated and the, how appalling you know, the clan is and how, did it, how does it even exist? Another film with the possible but, subtitle, Humans Suck. Yeah, and so <laughs> you do go through the ringer, but there is elements of hope in it and there is elements of... Um, Hopefully things will change. Okay, and how many stars would you give it? I'd give it a definite four stars. Okay, cool. So Mudbound gives four stars. All right, cool. Now, let's get on to the big ding-dong battle. Hey, <laughs> the big ding-dong battle. No, not really, because this is quite, so, quite interesting. I want to hear Sharon's first, because so, she's caught so up with us. Last week, last week, we spoke about Captain Marvel, which is the 21st film in the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. Oh, decade spanning thing that we've <laughs> never seen in cinema before. Like, who on earth builds such a big, massive universe over 10 days, over 21 films, and still manages to make most of them good? And Sean went full Hulk. <laughs> Sean went full Hulk, Hulk smash. smash. <laughs> Hulk smash on Captain Marvel last week. I was, not, uh, I was not as bad on it. I thought that, look, there are things in this film that I think. Uh, that there's things I think that don't work, but I actually still quite liked it. Hulk, yeah, wait, Hulk, Hulk over here, I won't very Hulk, just sort of smashed into pieces. <laughs> so we wanted Sharon to actually sort of watch it and see what she thought, um, but we also have other people here who have seen it. So Sharon, first of all, can you tell us, what did you think? I will pin my colors to the mast and say I liked it. Woo! I, I enjoyed it. I thought I enjoyed her as Captain Marvel. And I'm trying to think what her name was. Brie Larson. Larson. Or the but character. character. Carol Danvers. Danvers yeah, it. Carol Danvers. Yeah, I liked the fact that we had a young Nick Frost in there and we find out. Nick Fury. Uh, Nick Fury, I'm sorry. A young Nick Frost in there. I would pay to see that film. You know, I've got to go off at tangent here. Back to fighting with my family. Do you not think that the, the, the brother looked like Simon Pegg? Like a young yes, Simon Pegg? Like a total, total young Simon Pegg. In oh, fact, good, I yeah. thought it was. 
you know, if like they wanted to play yeah. Simon Pegg as a younger There's person, I know that was yeah, going definitely. back a bit, but definitely. So <laughs> young okay. Nick Fury, yeah. we find out how he lost his eye, and we get Samuel L. Jackson gets to use his famous saying, but not quite, but there's a nice twist on it. Mother, something. Oh, 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 okay, okay, cool, gotcha. Let's sort of elaborate on that. <laughs> oh, but gotcha. they, they do it with a humorous twist in this, which I thought was very funny. It had me sort of sniggering. I, I thought you were saying that Simon way. Jackson, Simon Jackson has a famous phrase, but not quite. Yeah. And I was like, I've never heard him say, but not quite. No. But then I realized what you meant. I thought I realized what there you is meant. A, there is an interesting twist on that. But you know, the only thing I, I didn't particularly like about it was the sort of the thumping fight at the end. It's like, yes, we know you can thump really hard. Yes, you can thump really hard too. And it was a bit like, you know, bish bash, bish bash, bish bash, bish bash. A bit like Pom. But <laughs> apart from that, I, I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed did you, the. Did you like Jude Law in that sort of fine. Yeah, I didn't object to Jude Law. He was over the top. Okay. Well, I okay. think it's it's Marvel, isn't it? And it's talking about aliens and shapeshifters. Okay. It's going to be over the top. I think that's not. Yeah, but not all Marvel. <laughs> but no, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was in the Marvel universe. It, and it certainly sets up the next film. The fact that she's going to appear on in the side Endgame. of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. And I think like Black Panther was like a precursor to Infinity War. I think this is a good precursor to Endgame. Okay. So I think it builds upon that, you know, less known, well known film, behemoth film. I think it's sort of that sort of sandwich between, you know, your bread and your meat. Um, so I think it's, I think it had lots going for it. So I enjoyed okay. it and I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Sean is literally scratching yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah, I think no, it's no, no, literally no. itching. I said, itching I said, to... You need to listen to the, 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 this is the last week's episode, last week yeah, episode yeah. really to say, but just to say, and I'm sure these, these boys are aware, they generally disagree with me and probably most people disagree with me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're going to say, oh yeah, no, it's great. But it is very mar- this is a very marked film. I was trying to work out, perhaps is why, why I didn't like it, is I don't know when the Captain Marvel comics came out, but I never, I didn't know enough really. And I, th- I guess they were trying to create a backstory, but I never really... Really, I don't know. I just, it just, yeah. Let's just, let's just say this is after um, Batman, Superman. This is the next one. Like as, as my superhero movies go from worst to best, this is the second one of the worst. Okay. This is second to, to worst. All right. Okay, for, for for the full unbridled Sean, listen to last week, and now Sean, now Stephen Pete, what did you guys think of Captain Marvel? Yeah, I'm gonna have to say sorry, Sean. That's I right, actually I know. totally agree with you. What? I actually thought it was quite boring and I thought one of its main problems was that it did feel like a precursor to the new Avengers movie and it kind of didn't feel like it it was his own film Mm -hmm. I felt it it just felt boring very boring I think the word I would use is bland yeah, I think they got the casting right. Yeah. I thought the introduction of the character at the beginning was strong, but then, like you say, at the end, it's just fisticuffs, <laughs> loads of special effects, and you go, oh, is that it? Bad, <laughs> bad acting. Yeah, yeah. I felt the the script was wasn't very good. I felt the comedy in it was quite forced. Um, I, I don't think that she had quite a good relationship or quite a chemistry with Samuel Jackson. I, I, so yeah, that's one. That's, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. That's another there point. There's no Why, fizzing there at all. You know, you. sometimes you can have a, a bit of a bland script. But obviously, if you have a fizz between two characters, yeah. it can kind of work. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I was just pretty bored throughout the whole thing. It just kind of washed over me. Oh, just man. completely washed over me. I was, I was disappointed. <laughs> 
I must admit, they do know how to put a good trailer together, so it gets you hyped up for the film, and then you see the film, you go, oh. Oh, and then it goes off and makes a billion dollars. And I think that's a problem with a lot of Marvel movies now. They're all getting a very... it's you see, you see, I, no, I no, think no, it's going to be a this, downward trend, this, this trend is the now. Thing, this is the thing, right? I actually didn't like the, tra- the trailers for Captain Marvel. The trailers for Captain Marvel didn't get me hyped. I did not... Uh, I was actually really, really worried about this film before I saw it. Because I thought that there was just so much on the back of this film. The fact that it was the first female superhero that Marvel... That solo, like, headline in her own film and all that. I felt like there was just so much on that. People were making such a big deal about that that whatever happened, nobody was going to be happy. Did you think that's probably why they made it safe? Well, because is... I felt it was a safe film. I have to unpopular opinion. I felt that the same about Black Panther. I felt Black Panther was a very safe film for them. It's as if they didn't really want to do anything out of the ordinary to upset anybody. It's just well, the same with this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And this was like, say, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. They sure. did something completely different. different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, give it to that. the director and say, yeah, look, do okay. what you want with it. Because we've thing, already done stuff with it you, already. And this is, this is a theory I have about Marvel. If you go back to the first ever solo outing for the solo Marvel movies, they're all very tentative. They're very tentative, very safe. The first Iron Man, very safe. The first... Captain America. It was, it, was, it was safe but fun. The first Captain America, it was almost kind of like, oh, we're just going to try this out. We're not going to go too out there because we want to see if people like it. The first Captain America, very safe. Yep. The first Thor, very safe. And I think that they did the same thing because, because they, well, okay, Black Panther, the, I talked about this having the problem of it being the first female-led Marvel movie mm-hmm. and that's a massive burden that the film's carrying with it and it's the baggage that it carries with it once you go into the cinema. And same thing with Black Panther, it was the first time they had like a black superhero leader, not even just a black one, but an African one, leading the film. And they were, and they, were, they have all this baggage on it, so they're like, okay, we need to make sure we tread carefully with this. And if people respond, and if people like it, then you see in the later Iron Man movies, in the later Captain America movies, like, I think one of the biggest jumps in confidence is from Captain America the Winter Soldier to the, oh, no, Captain America the First Avenger to Captain America the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier yes. That is just a massive jump, yeah. massive jump. And, and I feel, so essentially, for instance, I, I watched Get Out in this cinema, that, and this being the Isle of Wight, when I watched it, I was the only black person in the cinema. So, and what I say is that when I watched the film, I was pretty much sure that I was watching a different film to everybody else in the cinema. So everybody was going, oh yeah, well that's kind of good. And the, and the twist in Get Out, like I, I said it earlier, somebody said, that's a bit silly. And I thought, no, 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 it's very significant and it's very clever. And when I, when I watch Black Panther, there's things in Black Panther that I'm picking up as, a, on an, as an African. And I'm like, oh my word, this is so good that they put that in there. And I think that this is the thing with Captain Marvel. I've, I've heard people talk about things. Like there's a bit that at, at the, towards the end of Captain Marvel, that Sean talks about Jude Law's acting and he talks about the fact that he just thinks it's overly hammy and I agree. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. I know that and that bit I thought was setting up a gag that I saw coming from a mile yeah. off. And I just thought it's a bad setup for a gag that I saw coming a mile off. But I've heard women talk about it and they are punching the air at that moment. They're like, yes, that's it. That's what's going on. And I'm thinking that maybe a bit like with Get Out, where it's something that I'm watching a different film as a black guy or Black Panther, I'm watching a different film as an African to somebody who isn't African or somebody who isn't black. 
I feel like when women watch this film, they're watching a different film to the film that I'm watching. So something that I think is hammy and something that I think that's overly done and something that I think that's like, oh my God, why did you put that in there? I saw that coming a mile off. Women are saying, yes, finally, you tell them. <laughs> and I, I think they put those things in there. They put it in, as you said, with Black Panther, tentative. I think they've done it with Captain Marvel, tentative. But I've come to the conclusion that I might just not be the target audience for Captain Marvel. And that's why I, and Sharon, you're actually the first woman I know who's watched it and the first woman who's given me their opinion on it. And I, um, and that's why I like, because I know they say a lot of the things that she goes through in the films. People just say, well, that's just the female experience. Women getting controlled by men. Women getting to, told to shut up. And I do feel like it's very much like an indie film that just happens to have a superhero in it. And as we all know, with indie films, they can go one way or another. <laughs> so... <laughs> but but um, I quite liked it. I don't think everything worked. I do think it's slow. I do think uh, it's. I do feel like they have to. They're going to have to power her down for Endgame because uh, towards the end of the film, you're kind of like, yeah. So what's the problem? Yeah, but the thing is, again, I I didn't feel that either. She's just flying around, yeah. pushing yeah. stuff and shooting yeah. stuff. It's like, well, Iron Man does that. You know, <laughs> yeah, Thor does that. that. Yeah. You know, but maybe a little bit more dramatically, sort of thing. You know. The, the, the whole premise of it was, oh, she's this massive thing. Yeah, I do, I do, I do feel, I do feel like, I, I feel like her, her powers are not well defined. Yeah, like exactly what yeah, are her powers? Exactly. There's, there's a bit in it that shows up in the trailer, so I don't think it's a spoiler. Where she kind of goes, he goes, I don't know, you know, a scroll. And she goes something, and she goes, a scroll cannot do that. But when you look at the film, you're like, hang on a second, nobody can do that but you. So, so, so it's there. There are issues with it like that. But anyway, there's yeah, just 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 the one bit as well. I was thinking about when on you know the the captured bit where everybody's watching. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, you know yes. The bit, I mean, there's yeah, a there's that's, a bit. That's, yeah, that's, yes. So that's yeah. like they're just you know, it's, oh, something's happening. What should we do? Oh no, let's just stand around and watch. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I do. I do not think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I think it has. Well, I did give it a three out of five. Yeah, Sharon, what I'd would you do? I'd give it a three out of five. I thought it to me it was yeah, solid, entertaining, fine. I haven't got any big problems with it. I, I, I had quite a lot of problems with it. I can't be horrendous, <laughs> can I? So I'll give it a two. <laughs> Pete, Steve. I'd give it a three. They say it kind of just washed over me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I have to give it a three. It was okay. It was good. You know, it wasn't bad. So. It, I think yeah, it's tentative, and I think it will be interesting to see what they do with the next one. Because now that they've gotten the whole baggage of the first female superhero, that are, now let's see, let's see, let's. I'll like to see them cut loose a bit. Sharon, can I just ask, um, as a woman, um, what did you think about the presentation of a female character? Do you, do you think it was accurate? Do you think it was suitable? I can't say I've given an awful lot of thought. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Um, Yes, I, I sort of don't look at it in sort of in a feminist, feminist terms, but I, I, to me, yeah, I thought she didn't do anything because I, what I really don't like, I know she has her superpowers, but when you see some films where you see an eight-stone woman suddenly taking down a 16-stone yeah. man who's like packed, it's military trained, and she goes, oh, punch, and he falls yeah. like he's been, she's been hitting with a hammer, and I think that's just ridiculous. So I th and I, I think because she's had her powers, she didn't have that element of like really this is just that's just not going to happen <laughs> unless you know you've got particular skills that are 
quite rare. She's not unless you're Cynthia Rothrock, it doesn't happen. And no one under the age of fifty will probably understand who Cynthia Rothrock is. Oh wow, but, Cynthia Rothrock! I loved her in the eighties. But yeah, she's she had skills. <laughs> so I, I I didn't think that had those elements where you're going, oh, that's just ridiculous. And I. No, I personally, I, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't. Cynthia Rothwell could kick any man on the. She had massive thighs. She was a powerhouse, <laughs> if you know. Were talking about Cynthia, Cynthia, Cynthia Rothrock. Rothrock. Oh, yeah, wasn't she like the 80s VHS? She, she, was, the, she was the 80s, yeah. she was the 80s action yeah. female. She was the female Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, no, is, and no higher praise can be given. Yeah, the, only, the, only, the only real female, I think, that used to, that used to kick buck, shall we say, was um, Angela Mayo from the... You've probably you've seen Enter the Dragon, haven't you? Yes. She plays Bruce Lee's sister in that, but I've seen her in some other films, and she is pretty bad. She's pretty, uh, <laughs> so she, I, I think so, yeah. So going Angela back Mayo. to our Captain Marvel, I didn't think there was anything in Congress, so I was quite happy with its presentation of it. I didn't sort of look at it in, in sort of oh. through a feminist spectrum, so I just accepted it as like it's a piece of entertainment, yeah. and I'll be entertained. Or so I'm, I'm quite often the same as you. If you've got this really uh, tiny person, they suddenly take them down just for the the sake of saying, yeah, yeah. we're just as strong and just as good, and it doesn't work. It doesn't think, work. Well, actually, I, mean, I, 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 I remember I, seeing I, some films hmm. thinking. Uh, that is just not going to happen. Yeah, so you're not going to plough your way through a company of just, soldiers. With, just going to go on a quick tangent here. Yeah. Just a quick tangent here, going back a bit to, to a Bourne movie. I think it might have been the latest one. Is you've got someone that takes out one guy with one punch, and then it comes to another fight, and it takes him like a year to yeah. to, to beat him. And I'm like, you know, right, right at the very end, yeah. I thought, yeah. And you just took out that at the beginning, right at the very, the very, very beginning of the film. Where they sort of like beat up like fifteen guys in like five minutes, and then the big yeah. baddie at the end yeah. is like, oh, he could, he could yeah, get yeah, killed yeah. here, and yeah, everything's yeah, like, yeah, that's that's yeah. you just punch those fifteen guys yeah, up yeah. in about two minutes, yeah, yeah. and then the big baddie comes along <laughs> and it takes you like forever, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. die. Well, that tells you how oh. bad the big baddie is. Uh, yeah, they're just red shirts. Yeah, yeah. The big baddie's not going to hire people who can beat him up. <laughs> well, maybe that's where they're going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I think that brings us to the end of it. And all that is left is to say who has won this week between Netflix and cinema. And this week, we had quite a close one. It's another quite close they're one. It was close, yeah, to it, be fair. Yeah, it's, it's a, we have not point one. Not, not point one between of a score between Netflix and cinema, and the winner this week is Netflix. <laughs> I know controversial scene as we're sitting in a cinema as we record this. <laughs> as we're sitting in the cinema, we're saying, "Yeah, this week you should just stay at home and watch Netflix." But it's uh, so it's controversial. But we had cinema. Cinema had three point three point four. And um, ooh, actually, it's less than 0.1. Cinema had a 3.4, and Netflix had a 3.43. average. So all that's left to do is to you say. You could call that a draw. Yeah. You could call that a draw. Yeah. You, could, you, could, you, could, you, could, you could call it a draw, <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. we like controversy. Like considering, considering where we are. It's not Brexit. Come on. Let's just stick with the first vote, yeah? <laughs> And before we get all political, <laughs> I'm going to say goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from us. And Dan. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you guys next week.